Welcome everyone. We're about to begin Bez Hashem Shalom Bayes Shir number 403. Uh, the story is told many different ways about um, a fisherman caught a 40 pound salmon and he says, My master will be very happy. He loves salmon. And the salmon heard this and said, Oh, I'll be back in the water soon. The fisherman brought the fish to the mansion where the master lived. And the security guard um, said, Our master loves salmon. And the butler says, Our master loves salmon. And the cook says, Terrific, our master loves salmon. And then the cook picked up the, a plank of wood ready to slam it down on the salmon. And the fish screamed out, If you, the master loves me so much, why are you killing me? Right? Or, you know, another way the story goes is if you love a fish so much, why do you eat it? So the idea being with this story is that very often when we define love, we define it in what we're getting from the other person. Sometimes it's emotional, sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's spiritual. There's a personal interest, and it goes with everything. And it's part of human nature, you know, sometimes if you're, even if you're a maggot sheer, part of it is personal interest. I want my Talmudin to be interested in me. In the business, the same story. And in the marriage also, very often, sometimes one marries very often because it'll give us something. It'll give us joy, it'll give us satisfaction, it'll give us companionship, stability, or security, or love. So that is the idea of Tully Bedavar, Ahabashi Tully Bedavar. The idea of modern marriage in our society very often becomes, I'm willing to love you as long as I get what I need. And um, what can that other person do for me? It's not a question of what can I give to the other person, but what that other person could give to me. And generally, unfortunately, if that's the basis, and because men and women are so different, that marriage generally does not function. And um, this is very interesting. Ramanas Mandel once said this in, in his book. He says, why aren't marriages working out and it's because he or she is already in a relationship. You know, before one considers marriage, a person needs to become divorced from himself. Now, can't take that literally because you need self-knowledge, of course. That's not what he means here. What he means is that you avoid unhealthy self-absorption. If you're thinking always in the terms of I and the me, it is very hard to have a healthy, normal relationship. And... Um, and that is a very important thing to understand. So once um, a rabbi got a call from a, someone, a, a bride that was just married, and he, she said to the rabbi, I'm devastated, you won't believe this, we just got married and we were in trouble. When we were courting each other, it was great, and he was a mensch, and when he had a place, choose to, a place to eat, he would say, whatever you want, what movie you want to go, you know, you decide, like a dream. And right after the wedding, he told me that now it's fear. I gave you what you want, but now in our home, basically, you know, till now, I let you do what you want. Now, this year, it's my turn. Now we do everything my way. Very shocking, but some people have this type of mentality. And this is the idea we display this without even realizing it in our actions, that we always expect to be rewarded for our actions. We feel always that, you know, the bottom line, 
And that is an unhealthy thing when marriage turns into things that are bottom line. Bottom line is what am I gaining from this marriage? What is in it for me? And if that is the focus of it, obviously things fall apart. And the panemius of when the rabbis asked, you know, when they asked the chassan mata and maitza, one of the mafarshim say that the panemius of it is, is that the rabbis are asking the chassan, what's your motives? Are you having a sincere commitment or do you have a vested self-interest here? If you're focused on yourself or are you focused on how to become a good spouse, a good husband? If you're focused on making your partner, your, your kala happy, then it's good, then it's matzah taif. If you're focused on your own needs primarily, the, the relationship will ultimately become marmen maves. That is really the idea behind it. And of course, mitayshloi lishma, balishma. But to have this focus, the general focus in marriage is, is how you give to other people and how you give to your husband and to your wife. And that is why it's so important, like in our culture, with the feminism that took place. And this is very important. It really killed a lot of marriages. Now, you have, unfortunately, the opposite way where where women were treated in very negative ways and lack of freedom, and that was very, very unhealthy. And there is a healthy aspect of women having more rights and being treated equally and be treating with respect and so on and so forth. That there's, that's a beautiful thing in many, many ways. But the way the feminist movement worked and the secular society worked, the downside of that is, is that there becomes a certain defensiveness and a highly high sensitivity, uh, you know, that, that really is unhealthy. So there needs to be some type of healthy balance in that aspect over there. And to know women are not inferior to men, men are not inferior to women, each one has a different, unique, equal role. But the idea of feminism definitely destroyed a lot of marriages because there is a lot of selfishness that's built into it, just like when the male ego gets involved in their male stereotypes, that also destroys marriages. Each one, men and women, need to realize their roles, respect each other's roles, and give of each other for what they really need and what they really need to do in their life. The idea is, is to get to a point to work very hard towards not depend, not have your marriage depend on external attributes. That's, that's that is the idea that it talks about in Pirkei Avais, the love between Amnon and Tamar at the time that they loved each other or he loved her, was based on a superficial infatuation that wasn't true, that wasn't everlasting. And then it became a disaster afterwards. He hated her afterwards, as it says. Brotherly love between David and Yonason in Perkyavis, that was unconditional and unshakable. So this is an idea in general that we need to know. You know, a couple starts dating, he shows her attention, gives her gifts, makes her feel like she's on top of the world. And she's very pretty, always dresses well. He's proud to be seen with her. They fall in love. They get married. Child comes along and they're happy. And then what happens later? Normal life happens. And he begins to spend more time in the office because now he has a family to support. When he comes home, all he wants to do is relax. And instead, he's faced with a wife who is more needy and more demanding. She, in turn, is less concerned now about her looks than before. She doesn't dress up like she used to. She's kept up every night with the baby. She's very tired. She's stressed. 
And then after the end of the day, after spending all the time with her baby, she wants adult company. She's looking forward for her husband coming home, anticipates her to give her something, to give her love or even gifts or affection, being interested in what she has to say, wanting to spend time. And the dissatisfaction grows because he is wiped out from work and he wants to relax and not interested in interacting. She is overworn out with the baby and working hard that she doesn't have time to take care of herself in order, you know, to, 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 to be attracted, more attractive at home and so on. And this is a cycle that happens in real life. The satisfaction grows. And then the reason they ultimately got married is no longer there, right? He doesn't give those gifts that much anymore. She doesn't take care of her parents that many more. Now, then where did the spark happen? Now, the emiss is, is that this shouldn't be. A wife or husband should still always try to give his wife gifts and shower attention on her. And the wife should also try very much to look nice for her husband, no matter how long they're married, and no matter how tired things may be. It's very, very important. But the idea behind it, though, is that is not what is the marriage. That is not what the etzem relationship is about. So that is a very important thing. So the idea being is that, yes, it's true that a husband has things he needs to provide for his wife and his wife for her husband. And there's certain healthy expectation that is a healthy aspect of it. But deep, deep down, ultimately, the idea and the goal is that each one should look at themselves and do everything they can to appreciate their spouse and not to have, you know, uh, these um, selfish aspects of what you want from them. And this happens sometimes. You have a woman that... Uh, gets engaged to a man who's articulate, persuasive. He's, she's fascinated by him um, and it makes her feel cherished because she's, he's a conversationalist. And then he, she thinks to herself, what happens if her husband is just a smooth talker? Maybe he's not sincere. And then she doesn't feel the love for him anymore and she doesn't respect him any, anymore. So the idea is like this, that everyone needs to be loved and it's essential for every stable and happy marriage to feel love. But people misunderstand what the meaning of love is. It's understood by people that love is an emotion towards another person. And that overrides everything. But love could also be a selfish feeling. Like we said, you love that fish, right? And you eat it. But if your love is based on what the other person can do for you, rather what you can do for them, then there is a selfishness there. Then you don't really love the other person. You're loving yourself. And this is one of the key reasons why very often marriages fail. Because the people, the husband, wife, both, they're not really truly committed to each other. It's a relationship on what they can get. Sometimes it's status. Sometimes it's pleasure. Sometimes it's money. And then when that element is gone or is challenged... They say, okay, I have no longer a reason to, to be in that relationship. And that's very hurf, hurtful. And that is what makes a marriage crumble. And very often you have couples that say if it wouldn't be for their children, they wouldn't stay married. And that's an extremely sad thing. Because that means they're bound by an external element. And the glue of the working relationship is true love. And, and, and if the glue is the kids... That's not a relationship.
And that's a very sad thing that we have to fight against. And we have to make it that our husband and wife, wife to husband, is an intrinsic connection independent of the fact that they have children together. And this is very important. Um, you know, you have, there's, there's a drasha, the on when you build a new home, you have to place a makalagagecha guardrail to protect the roof, you know, so people shouldn't fall. One shot, there are drushes like this that when you want to build a new home, when you want to build a marriage, you need to put up a fence, meaning you need to put a fence around the marriage to protect the kedusha of the relationship in the marriage. So then, you could add to that, literally means don't spill the blood in your house, because if you don't have a guardrail, people could fall. But the idea also, you could learn, if, if you're saying in the B'derach Drush that you're building a house, a marriage, you make a fence, a guardrail to, pre- to protect your marriage, a kedusha. Also means money. Don't place money as the main focus, as a foundation of your home. Don't get married or stay married because of material benefit. Why? Because the fallen shall already fall. Someone who marries for money or for whatever benefit that is, they already fell. Because they don't understand important values in life. If you're marrying someone for material gain, or some other personal interest, then the falling will continue to fall. So it's very, very important. And even if in the beginning, like we say, that maybe when in the beginning, you enjoyed particular things about your husband and wife, that you did feel that, you know, benefit, whatever it is, okay. But now you build deeper than that. You build now trying to build an everlasting relationship. It's sort of similar to Einik Shabbos, right? It's okay to have Einik Shabbos and nice, delicious food and gashmiyistik. That's fine. But the purpose behind it is, is to enjoy the Shabbos itself, to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The purpose of the marriage is you could give to each other and you should give to each other. Like we say, uh, a wife shouldn't say the marriage is not totally bedavah, it's not dependent on anything, so I don't need to dress nicely for my husband. There's no point because it's really what's inside and I shouldn't care about my appearance. That's not a healthy approach either. Or a husband that will say, you know, it's supposed to be not totally bedavah, it's not selfish, so I don't need to give gifts for my wife. I don't need to pay attention to my wife. Also wrong, obviously, it's very important for each to give to each other and fulfill their needs and to have healthy, realistic expectation like we talked about in other shiurim. But the idea being, though, is that cannot be the whole basis of their love for each other. That cannot be the shirish. There has to be a growth here of going beyond, beyond what the physical, tangible benefits can or cannot be. And as you work towards this, and as each one does this, and be giving of to the other what they need, you get back millionfold in return. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu should help that we should learn to do this, to learn how to avoid this conditional selfish love that could dissipate, the love could dissipate when the conditions are not met and switch to unconditional, selfish, selfless love that's constant and that is eternal and that is everlasting.
And ironically, when you do that, paradoxically, what happens is, is when you work on that, the non-selfishness of being selfless and the giving, usually you get showered back a million times over. It's similar to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You're not serving Him with, for, to, to receive reward, but ultimately, if you do it with Shemayim, Hashem gives you the bracha. Gives you the bracha regardless. You don't lose out from having a marriage this way. Actually, you gain, not just spiritually, but you gain physically by doing this, by looking beyond your own ego and beyond what you, you know, the physical, uh, tangible uh, benefits of a marriage and switch it from the Tali Badava to Aine Tali Badava as much as possible. You ask for Siyat Deshmaya for this. HaKadosh Baruch Hu helps with the tefillah and the hard work, the perseverance. Habala Tayyim Asayin Oisai. We should all be zaycha to this, but Be'ezus Hashem. Brach and Atzlacha.